my job on this expedition to try and find any evidence, dead or alive, to the existence of this. Hello and welcome to the Fort Weird Podcast with Heather and Taryn. Did your microphone work? I don't know. Did it? Testing, testing. I mean, it, it, it testing, worked. testing. Whoa. Sorry, I said closer. <laughs> the army thing's not out yet. <laughs> I know. I, I got, we got a new microphone for Taryn. It's exactly like mine. I'm super excited. It's so nice. And I got her a an arm extender because she likes to sit back and I don't. So I relax. Yeah, she relaxes whereas I never do. So I bought a an extender for the microphone so she can sit back. So I just, I but I can't set it up yet. I need to make something for it. It'll make it easier for holding the little munchkin while trying to do this. Yes. That's mine. He is finding his vocal cords. Mm-hmm. And he's doing the ma 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 da 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 ba 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 ba. Look at you. We had a 30 minute car ride yesterday and all he did was jibber jabber the <laughs> entire time. Oh, I love it. So my oldest always wants me to translate. Oh. <laughs> he goes, Mommy, what is he saying? I'm like, I don't know. I don't speak baby. He goes, here's a book. It teaches you how to speak baby. I'm like, I don't think it works like that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Well, I Rylan always tried to speak for her. So it's like, oh, she wants this. I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> yeah, he does that. He's like, mommy, he wants you. Mommy, he's hungry. Mommy, he pooped. I'm like, how do you know he pooped? Mommy, his butt stinks. <laughs> I'm like, did you change it? He goes, no, mommy, that's your job. Oh, come on. He can help. He'll do everything but the butt. <laughs> he knows. Yeah. He'll feed him. Like, we'll do. We'll go grocery shopping and we'll get home and I'll make up a bottle and put him in a high chair and oldest will hold the bottle in his mouth or spoon feed him bananas or apples. <laughs> Just Great. won't change his butt. All right. won't change the butt. All right. How was your week, Taryn? Well, I got some things accomplished. Good. Like the cup. Yes. Finally got. Oh, I haven't posted any pictures of it yet because I have been too busy using it. I need to wash it now <laughs> because I've been using it. But it is my all-time favorite cup. It's amazing. Uh, by the time this comes out, I will try to wash it and post pictures so everyone else can enjoy the wonderfulness of my new cup. I love it. So I have, like, finished three of them that were behind. Yeah. After yours. So I got yours done and then Cody's done. And then I started another one for my medic friend. And then my brother's like, I want a cup, but it better not be glittery. Oh, come on. So I'm working on his cup right That's now. What I like the, the new, like, marble-ish ones you're Oh, on. did you see the new, um, my coworker, I love him to death, but he is a hippie. And he goes, hey, I have this tie-dye shirt. Can you match it to a cup? Oh, gosh. And I'm like, I'll see what I can do. So this is my hippie cup. <gasps> That's really cool. I like it. That is a hippie cup. Mm-hmm. It matches his shirt perfectly. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's yeah, awesome. I'm super excited about it. So. That looks good. I, and I then, love your new stuff. Yeah. And then I got this coaster done for my mom. Oh, that's cute. 
No, it's a picture that I did. I, I put on there. Uh, and oh, then, and it's all glittery. I like it. And then the word, because she's like, she's there, but she's not there. Mm-hmm. And then I did her word, and then the infinity love heart. I like it. So, but yeah, so it's been good. <clears throat> um, work's been interesting, but I'll talk about that off air. Okay. Yeah. But that's about it. Like, it's been pretty just content. Well, Except for breaking in new boots. Ugh, that's the worst. I hate breaking in new new shoes, any kind of shoes. Yeah, I've got Sucks. the I'm breaking in new boots with a sprained ankle and a busted toe. And it's like this is not a good idea. Yeah, and it looks like you're on house arrest. It's not great. <laughs> That's, okay, so I am wearing a baggy my husband's shirt and a pair of shorts that don't have pockets. And my brother got me a new pair of earbuds that are Bluetooth to my phone, and I didn't have a pocket for them, so I put them in my socks. And it does look like I'm on house arrest. It but does. <laughs> it is my earpiece. See, I'll show you. Look. It comes out. It's in- it, does. Okay. it does come out. See? <laughs> it's just really funny. I happened to notice that as we were walking up the stairs. <laughs> I don't have pockets. When you, you find ways to carry things when you don't have pockets. I know. That's that's hilarious. Uh, well, my week. You know, it's really funny. Since I started talking about the HW ghost, more and more stuff has been happening. All right, so yeah, at work, I was walking by uh, one of the heads that were being rebuilt. Um, but as I was walking by, a part that was on the machine fell off of the of the machine. And this is not a part that is easily thrown off of a machine. Like, it's hard to take off. So it was just really interesting. So I saw it hit the floor and it's just like, I'm just going to walk on by. I'm not going to pick it up. It's fine. <laughs> You should try provoking it. I don't want to. Provoke the ghost. I don't want to provoke the ghost. I think the ghost is is fine. He likes to play little play little pranks. Uh, he likes John. But I yeah, I don't need to we get enough. We get enough information <laughs> from him by him throwing crap all over the place. I kinda wanna come with you to your work on like a weekend uh-huh. and investigate. Oh, that would be fun. Rylan wants to do it too. Let's do it. Okay. We'll bring JD. Okay. <laughs> We'd have to be very careful because it is a machine shop yeah. and it can be dangerous. Oh, binky down, binky oh, down. No. All right. Well, I we are going to start this episode out with a weird fact. Did Here. you know that an ostrich's eye is bigger than its brain? <laughs> no, but I can believe it. <laughs> I hear they're really dumb birds. <laughs> you can drown an ostrich by like with it rain is it the ostrich <laughs> i don't remember but there is something like that because if they just look up and it's raining yeah they can drown themselves yeah oh i feel like it's an ostrich or, or a peacock no a peacock wouldn't do that no. i feel like peacocks are too smart maybe it is an ostrich i don't know but that's really funny <laughs> well this is kind of sort of appropriate because today we are going to be talking about animals fun but, I love how sensitive animals can be towards the supernatural stuff. Oh, me too. I think that's great. It's not really where of, we're going. I but. know. But <laughs> speaking of animals, um, I had my old dog, Tracy. Did I ever talk about Tracy? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she is super sensitive. And I swear, this is another reason why I thought my house was haunted. She'd be dead asleep on her dog bed underneath the fireplace where it was nice and warm. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you would like see her jump up and run and then stare back at the fireplace and then she'd lay down on the couch and all of a sudden she'd yelp and jump up and run 
everything from like a puppy all the way up until like the day she passed. Yeah. And I swear the ghost was just like poking her. Oh. Or something. Yeah, I think you talked about her on our Virginia City episode because we talked about ghost animals. Yeah, her and Rosie. Yeah. Yeah, and Rosie. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. That was a really long time ago. I know. That was like a year ago. Pretty much. Wow. I can't believe we've been doing this for over a year now. I know. It's so exciting. It's, it's so weird. <laughs> we got all this weird stuff. Oh, and we have more weird stuff to talk about. I'm just so excited about all of this in the future of the podcast. All right. So today we're going to be talking about strange military projects that all involve animals in some way. All right. Okay. <laughs> and the reason I came up with this is I was trying to do a continuation of the CIA projects, but it just so happens that most of these are not CIA projects, they're military projects. So I kind of just wanted to go along with that because I think they're funny and weird and awesome. So here we go. We're going to start out with Project Pigeon. I think I've heard about Project Pigeon before. Yeah. Wasn't it they were trying to see if they could train the pigeons to be basically like suicide pigeons and like directing missiles? Yes. Yes, exactly. You do know a little bit. All right. I, see, I know things. You know some things? Sometimes it happens. <laughs> I am educated. Yay. <laughs> well, Project Pigeon was done between 1942 and 1944. So this was definitely a World War II, like, military project. So here we go. I actually wrote all of this, kind of. All right. I got the bulk of our information from Wikipedia, of course. But I rewrote it, so. That works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so after America joined the efforts of World War II, the government saw a need to do more research into new and unconventional technology. An American behaviorist, behave, yeah, behaviorist. Behavioralist. Behavioralist? I feel like you left an L out of that word. I don't know. It didn't give me the squiggles that said I was wrong. No, Google, go away. I didn't want you. Oh, sp- speaking of that, we need to talk about um, listening devices in houses. <laughs> I can search the web for that. Just tap the search chip below. No, I don't want you to. Stop it. That was creepy. Okay. That was creepy. <laughs> okay. You'll have to Ameri- remind me about that so we can talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Okay. An American behavioralist. <laughs> B.F. Skinner. Attempted to develop a pigeon-controlled guide bomb. But by using trained pigeons and a a hydraulic guidance, Skinner and his team developed a method to create the first smart bomb that could be guided to its target with really great accuracy in order to save innocent lives. In those days, there were no guided missiles, and when... A bombardier dropped a bomb from a plane. He could only hope that it would reach its target because he had no idea. Yeah, because pigeons are actually really smart, and I believe they can see color, right? I don't know. I don't know very much about pigeons. Well, from my understanding, they taught it using like some kind of screen thing where they taught it how to peck yeah. to get the food. Okay. When the food dropped, they knew they were pecking in the right spot. Mm-hmm. So, and then the thing that they dropped them in to guide the 
missile mm-hmm. was the same type of box that they were trained in. So they were pecking to try to get the food, but the food never came and they became suicide pigeons. Yeah, essentially. Totally stepping on all my toes here. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's essentially what happened. But yeah, they're, they are smart birds and they can be trained. I wasn't sure about the seeing in color part. Though. I don't know. I, I feel like the documentary that I watched, that's now like pop room coming up in my memory. It's like something about seeing color, but I couldn't uh, You watched a whole documentary about this? Yeah, it was fascinating. Wow. It was like also a year ago. Okay. I didn't think there was enough information to do a whole documentary about this. I think it was like a short blurb and it was like a whole bunch oh. of stuff mixed together. Okay. Okay. Kind of what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Okay. But I think this is one of those ones that like I keyed into like, oh, I should stop cleaning and listen <laughs> to this. This is fascinating. Okay. All right. So, sorry. No, <laughs> that's Okay. So this is a picture of B.F. Skinner, Mr. X-Files man. Skinner. No. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time I was um, typing this up and I go, <laughs> Skinner. <laughs> oh. The study was conducted at the top of a General Mills grain elevator in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota. I love how your accent came out while you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but say it like that. They say it like that. Minnesota. But it's not an accent when they do it, because that's how they talk. <laughs> no, it still is an accent to me. Ugh. All right. The airframe that was used was a small glider with wings and tail surfaces, an explosive warhead section in the center, and a guidance section in the nose cone. The pigeons were to act as pilots for the for the device by recognizing the target. So kind of essentially what you were explaining. Yeah. Rudimentally. Yes. <laughs> the guidance system consisted of three lenses mounted in the nose, which projected an image of the target on a screen. This screen was mounted in a small compartment inside the nose cone. The screen was mounted on pivots and fitted with sensors that measured any angular movement. Do we get it? Do we understand? I get it. Okay. But I also watched a documentary about it. Basically, they made a really smart nose cone for a pigeon to sit into. And there's a picture. The pigeons were trained to recognize the target, then were put in front of the screen. There's a picture of the pigeon in front of the screen. There were one to three pigeons within the vehicle at a time. And once they saw the target, they would peck at the screen with their beaks. And as long as the target remained in the center of the screen, it would not move. If the bomb began to move off track, the image would move towards the edge of the screen. The pigeons would follow the target, pecking at it the whole time. This would then move the screen on its pivots. The sensors would detect the movement that would send signals to the controls that would steer the bomb in the direction the screen had moved. It's very convoluted. Fascinating. (laughs) This would center the target on the screen again, and the pigeons were correcting any deviations and keeping the bomb on its path. Wow. That's really high tech. That is very high tech and crazy that they were able to think and, like, do that. So, like, 1944? Yeah, 1944-ish. It's just really interesting how they brought them in there. Suicide pigeons. (laughs) The National Defense Research Committee saw the idea of using pigeons as very eccentric and impractical. Even with this point of view, they contributed $25,000 towards the research. 
which is not that much money, as we will see later. <laughs> uh, there was some success with the training, but according to Skinner, no one would take them seriously enough. So the program was canceled on October 8th of 1944 because the military believed taking this research any further would delay more important combat applications. I still think they should have gone for it. <sighs> Suicide pigeons. Why not? <laughs> sure. Why not? We're going to move on to Project Orcon. See, I know nothing about that one. You will. Project Orcon was from 1948 to 1953. So the Navy made it clear the Project Pigeon had been shut down, kind of helped calm the fears of some guidance developers because there were some out there who were trying to figure out other ways to guide bombs. But Project Pigeon was revived by the Navy in 1948 as Project Orcon. So same project, different name. Guidance sisters for homing missiles were easily being countermeasured during the war. The Navy thought animals might have a potential as a jam-proof control element. Yeah, because you can't hack an animal. Exactly. <laughs> in, in simulated rocket tests, the pigeons produced surprisingly good results. So why not? Go for it. Do a little more research. The researchers were convinced that this method would work guiding a speeding missile. This method could only be used during the day, and the range was too short due to the vision of the pigeons. So getting the images used as the target as well was made difficult, since it had to be a photo taken close up in the day in the middle of the ocean. So as you can see, that probably wasn't the best way to go. I feel like they could have came up with something different than a picture for them to peck at. Like, maybe like an actual circle target. Or something. Or peck on it to keep it in line. But the pigeons had to know where, like, I guess where to go. How to guide it. Like, what they were guiding it to. Not like if you drop it, like, hey, this is this is our target zone. Mm -hmm. Right? And so when you, t when you drop it, the red dot is in the target zone. And if the red dot goes out of the target zone, they peck it back into the target zone. So it wouldn't be quite as accurate as, like, a person's face. Yeah, I don't know. But at least you get it in the target zone. I don't know. But you see where I'm, like, I'm going at? With yeah. the dot? I just, I don't, I don't see how that would work either way. I, I don't, I don't know. So they thought it would work, but it, it could only be used during the day because, you know, pigeons can only really see during the day. And pigeons can only see a short. They can't see very far away. I don't know. I can see where they thought it would work, but then again, it wouldn't work. I don't know. Let's move on. After years of developing and testing, the project was abandoned and canceled in 1953. The reliability of electronic guidance systems was proven and began being used right away. One good thing did come out of this, though. The electrically conducting glass that they had inside for the lenses was later used in many radar displays. Cool. <laughs> so that was one good so thing. So they did learn something. They learned something. Useful. Oh, tiger down. Did you also learn about Project X-Ray? Also known as Bet Bombs. I feel like it's the same thing as Project Pigeon. Not at all. But I don't know. Bat bombs are completely different. Pigeon, because it was pigeon-guided bombs. Bat bombs were more of like a minefield. Interesting. 
Yeah. Okay. But we'll explain. Again, we're still in World War II from 1942 to 1944. So this was a time of many military scientific studies, as we have discussed. <laughs> there was another theory brought forth of timed bombs carried on bats. All right. So let's find out how's this going to work. Because they're going to suck your blood. No, because they're not vampire bats. <laughs> Well, this idea was brought forth by a dental surgeon from Irwin, Pennsylvania, named Little S. Adams. Little S. Adams. What His a name. first name was Little. L Y T L E. Little. Poor guy. Oh. <laughs> he was actually an acquaintance of the First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt. That is important for later. Keep that in your mind. Okay. An idea struck him while he was on vacation at the Carlsbad Caverns National Park, which is home to many bats. He wrote a letter to the White House in January of 1942 about his grand idea. Adams was intrigued by the strength of bats and how they knew to go roost just before dawn. Also, Japanese buildings were constructed of wood instead of concrete, just like everyone new apparently he thought that releasing bombs on a timer could be attached to bats somehow you would put the bats into some kind of a container drop it over a targeted city after dark the bats would do their thing find a place to roost for the coming day then the small bombs would go off starting fires everywhere and essentially burn the city to the ground how how dark that got Right? <laughs> it really did. <laughs> so, he wrote this letter to the White House, and of course it got to the president because, hey, he was friends with Eleanor Roosevelt. So it got to the president. See, this is why you need to make friends with women. <laughs> right? Exactly. You can get things done. Sometimes. <laughs> but his plan was approved by President Roosevelt. On the advice of a man named Donald Griffin, Adams thought the bat was the lowest form of animal life, and reasons for its creation have yet to be explained. See, I think that's more of like the mosquito. That was my next point that I wrote down. Well, I think the reason they were created was to make sure we didn't get overrun by bugs. Yeah. But really, what do I know? I mean, there's some bugs out there. That don't need to exist. No, 100%. Like mosquitoes. What, what is the use of a mosquito? To feed bats. <laughs> I don't know. There's no reason. <sighs> so I think Adam's had it a little wrong. But whatever. Just a little bit. Just a little. Yeah, but I don't think you could do mosquito bombs. You could do bat bombs, but not mosquito bombs. Definitely can't do mosquito bombs. Well... Adams went a little further to explain that maybe bats were created for this purpose. To play their part in freeing humanity from oppression. Yeah, because that's why bats were put on this world. Well, I mean, he made a great speech. It sounds like it. <laughs> and he put a lot of thought into it. Roosevelt was sort of impressed, saying the idea was wild, but worth looking into. So, he approved it. Nice. That the project got its approval. It was sent off to the U.S. Army Air Force. Adams assembled a hodgepodge group of workers for the project. The people that he included in this project were 
a mammalologist, which makes sense. Mammalologist. He studies mammals. Name was Jack Von Bloker. <laughs> the rest of them are where it gets weird. Actor Tim Holt. That's because he just wanted to work with Tim Holt. There's no other reason. <laughs> the actor Tim Holt uh, was in many Western type films, which were very popular in that time of day. Yeah, my grandma used funnier. to watch. Um, my grandma loves Westerns. That's oh, yeah. the only reason I know who that is. <laughs> That's great. And the only reason the guy wanted to work with him is because he wanted to work with him. That's the only reason he's on there. Uh, he also hired a former gangster and a former hotel manager. So this doesn't even make any sense. I know. It's so weird. I could see maybe the gangster because maybe he knows, like, giving him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. On how to come up with, like, smaller versions of something to attach to something weird. Like, okay, I don't know. maybe. You know, he's got that weird, weird sick, twisted mind yeah. to try to come up with. Yeah. But the hotel manager, like, maybe they just need good coffee. <laughs> maybe he was, like, their assistant. <laughs> I don't know. That's great. Like, you manage a hotel, so get me coffee and go hire someone for food. Like, you know where to go to get good, good stuff. Right? I don't. Oh, man. I don't understand it. Oh, it's the best. Well, Von Bloker, the uh, mammalologist, and his assistant were self-described bat lovers. But, you know, blowing up bats didn't occur to be a question of morality for them. Well, they get paid decent money to play with bats. But they love bats, and if you love bats, you don't want to blow them up. Well, they did set them free. But just to blow them up! (laughs) I don't... Unless there was, let's say, let's say bats are so smart that they figured out how to get the little, so you strap a backpack onto the bat. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe a chest pack uh-huh. onto the bat, right? Yeah. And so when the bat gets all nasty, they like, clip, pops off, and they go, go somewhere else. Sure. That would be Maybe great. they're so smart that they could just, well, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But maybe that's what the bat people were hoping for. I don't think that is what it would be. So they they were actually knowingly going to sacrifice a few million bats. That's a lot of bats. Yeah. You know, but whatever. I'm sure no ecological consequences would happen from that. Right? No. No, of course not. The team had to figure out how to make this project work. What kind of incendiaries could be used? What, do we, what are incendiaries? Things that catch on fire. Things that start fires. Things that start fire. Okay. I knew it was something like that. <laughs> Normally your incendiary is like your like the tip of the match when you strike it at like ah. stuff that's in it start like starts the fire. Gotcha. It's okay. Easy to catch it on starts fire. fires. From my understanding. I could be wrong. No, no, that sounds right. Okay. Sounds right. Because of what we will be discussing later. Sounds right. Okay. okay. Next question. What temperature can you store both of them comfortably? To store an incendiary and a bat at the same time together. 70 degrees room temperature? I don't know. Why not? Hard to tell. <laughs> what species of bat would be the best to use? Probably the strongest that could carry the most. Or whatever is most popular at the time. Like the most populated. Oh, okay. All right. Well, they did a few tests. They answered what species of bat. They concluded that the Mexican free-tailed bat would be the best to use. He's an ugly little sucker. Is it an endangered species now? Uh, I didn't look that up. Let's look that up real quick. I'm actually going to pause this so we can look. All right. So we just looked it up. As of 2017, there are about 20 million of these Mexican free-tailed bats, which means that they are not endangered. I'm just... They're stable. I was curious just for the fact that you said they're going to blow up a whole bunch of bats. (laughs) Right? Like, 
Okay, are they going to kill off a species? <laughs> I mean, why not? They had no other purpose other than this. Well, according to Adams. Yeah, except for to kill my mosquitoes. <laughs> well, he was That's all reason about that. I want a pet bat to live outside my yard. Actually, yeah, I was thinking about getting a couple of bat houses Go to put it. out there. Go for it. Because cool. then they'll eat the mosquitoes in your yard and mine. Yeah. Right? <laughs> kill the I, mosquitoes. I don't mind bats. I don't I like they're bats. Like, yeah, they're... I rescued a couple bats. I like fruit bats. They're adorable. (laughs) They're the cute ones. Yeah, we used to find bats in our barn all the time. My brother's like, get rid of them. I'm like, no, keep it. (laughs) Tell mom, no. No. (laughs) The one time we did have to tell our parents about a bat was we found a bat in our cabinet. And so we had to call animal control to come get it. Oh. But yeah, we did have a bat in our cabinet. Well, you know. It it knew where the food was, I guess. I think it was just the darkest place. Yeah, all that too. (laughs) Uh, all right, well, Adams had to ask permission from the National Park Service to harvest large quantities of bats from caves on government property. The incendiary they were going to use was white phosphorus. Until chemist Louis Pfizer. Now, is this the same person that was, you know, the hotel man- manager? Maybe it was a slash chemist? Nope, just a chemist. Oh, darn. He joined later. Okay. <laughs> Louis Pfizer joined the team. He convinced everyone to try his new invention. Do you know what his new invention was? Fireworks? Napalm. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) They tried several different methods to attach the napalm to the bats and finally landed on just gluing it to the front of them. Oh, those poor birds. Bats, Bats. mammal things. (laughs) Those poor creatures. (laughs) Those poor mammal birds. sorry, honey. The bomb carrier was a five-foot-long sheet metal tube. Five feet. Well, I'm 5'6". Five, five feet. So that's your normal, like, average... <laughs> I'm close. I'm 5'3", so about my height. Yeah. Around my height. Cool. Each bomb carrier could hold about 1,040 bats. The carrier would be deployed from an airplane. Then the sides of the carrier would fall away, allowing the bats to disperse. Fly and find places to roost. <laughs> Testing for the project was done at Carlsbad Army Airfield near Carlsbad, New Mexico. During the testing on May 15th of 1943, some bats were accidentally released. They then roosted underneath a fuel tank and set the test range ablaze. <laughs> Well, at least they know it'll work. <laughs> That's true. And this is a picture of it's that is a blaze. Awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> Following this setback, the project was moved to the Navy in August, who then renamed it Project X-Ray. They had a lot of fun naming it Project X-Ray because you know what they did after they named it? They okay. gave it to the Marine Corps. <laughs> They got to name it and then said, here, Marines, you do it. You deal with this. So, you like blowing stuff up. Here you go. <laughs> so they handed it off in uh, December. So they got it in August, renamed it, gave it to the Marines in December. Uh, operations were then moved to the Marine Corps Air Station at El Centro, California. They made a mock-up Japanese village in Utah for the definitive test. The chief of testing was very impressed with the results. The bats were able to roost without the knowledge of 
householder watchers, which allowed the fire to establish itself before being discovered. We've heard about these guys. They were they were in Project Pigeon as well. The National Defense Research Committee said the project was a very effective weapon. In fact, it was more effective than the standard incendiary bombs in use at the time. Nice. Regular bombs would give probably 167 to 400 fires per bomb, whereas the X-ray project would give 36 to 4,700 fires. That's insane. Yeah. More tests were scheduled, but the program was canceled by Fleet Admiral Ernest J. King. The project would not be combat ready for another year at that point, and it had already spent about $2 million. Today's money, $19 million. That's insane. Oh, yeah. So some thought the project was moving a bit too slowly, which is why he canceled it. It was overtaken by a project that would bring the war to a quick end, the Atomic Bomb Project. Mm. Adams, the guy who thought of this project, still thought that his bat bombs would have been just as effective without devastating effects. Thousands of fires would break out simultaneously throughout about blah 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 simultaneously throughout Japan, completely devastating them with small loss of life. See, I think that would have been more effective. I agree. I, I honestly, the way that he put that, I think it would have been more effective. Yeah, they would have no place to live, but all the people would still be alive, or a lot of them would still be alive. A lot less death. A lot less death. the bats. The bats would be dead. That's true. The bats would be dead. Poor guys. Okay. I have two more stories, but I think I'll save the other one for... I can do the other one for a complete episode because it's really long. All right. So we're just going to go with this one. This one actually is a CIA project. This one is called... Acoustic Kitty. Have you ever heard of it? I have not, but when I first read the word kitty on your notes, because your notes, so my eyes are bad, so when I see your notes, I, like, pick up, like, a few things here and there, mm-hmm. but it, my mind popped to the Paw Patrol with the <laughs> ki- Catastrophe crew. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was like, huh, I wonder what kitties are doing. <laughs> Those poor kittens. Well, these, this poor kitty. There was really only one cat that they, they really messed with, but... We'll see what happens with the cat. Acoustic Kitty was a CIA project launched in the 1960s. The intent was to use cats to spy on the Kremlin and Soviet embassies. An hour-long procedure by a veterinary surgeon was needed for this. A microphone was implanted into the cat's ear canal. A small radio transmitter at the base of the skull and a thin wire just underneath its fur. The poor cat. This would allow the cat to record and transmit sound from its surroundings. Unfortunately, there was a problem with the cats getting distracted. (laughs) Yeah, it's a cat. (laughs) Well, cats will always be on the lookout for food and obviously move towards where he's going to find food. So this particular thing had to be addressed further to make this work. The project cost about $20 million to conduct. That's insane. That is 100% insane for one cat. 
It's a lot. I don't know. I don't Not know. Worth about it. That. No. First Bring back mission. the pigeons. <laughs> the first mission was to eavesdrop on two men in a park outside of the Soviet compound on Wisconsin Avenue in Washington, D.C. D.C. The sea? You like how I said that? I love it. The sea. <laughs> the cat was released nearby. Then, subsequently, was hit and killed by a taxi almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about irony. I know. Oh, no. But this was disputed in 2013 by a former director of the CIA's technical service. His name was Robert Wallace. He said... The project was abandoned because it was very difficult to train a cat to behave as required. The equipment was taken out of the cat by a second surgery and lived a full and happy life. Oh, See, I don't think they would have done that. Like, why would they have paid? To, like, they might as well just leave the stuff in there. It's That's in true. There. It's a cat. Who cares? I mean, I care. I like uh, cats. I mean, obviously you care. But would the government care? No, the government so. wouldn't like, care. Okay, fine. Here you go. Yeah. Oh, so what you work. do is like, so it makes it into a spy movie, mm-hmm. and you give the cat as a gift. Yeah, to there someone you go. that you want to spy on that they don't like. You're trying to yeah. be friends with them, but you know, you sp- c- c- like a little conspiracies. <laughs> and you, you you give the cat to the person you want to spy on. You would also have to know that the person cats. that the person likes cats because not everyone likes cats. They do their research because it's a spy thing. Remember. That's true. And some people don't like animals at all. Yeah. It's called research. <laughs> then what would you give to a person who doesn't like animals? A phone. <laughs> you know why I say that? Why? Because these things are listening devices. They are. And all you have to do is go, hey, Siri. And it pops up and starts recording what you're saying. She didn't pop up. That's because I have Siri turned off. Oh, <laughs> okay. Because I have like the tin hat stuff going on. Oh my gosh. But you know how like um, on your phone, like you have targeted um, web, like sales ads. Yeah. On your phone. Definitely. So did I see you, it all the time. It's creepy. I know. <laughs> did you know that? For, okay. So if you have a woman who's pregnant, right? And yeah. she downloads the baby bump app. Yeah. And then she marks that her, like, that her husband or spouse or whoever it is, is the father. Mm-hmm. Then he gets targeted for stuff his age that he would buy for a kid. Ah. I, you know, and it's not it, bad. No, it's not. But it's creepy. It's a little creepy. Because, it, because then it goes to your IP address and it marks you guys as a family. It's in your own house. And then he gets ideas for you on stuff you search on your phone and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Which is why I get some ads for for my husband on my phone. Yeah. But in the other day, he's like, honey, why am I getting a craft ad? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Oh. Because <laughs> it, it happens. And I, yeah. lo- I love the targeted stuff because I do like buy more items. So yeah. it works like, at the oh, same time. Cool. It's extremely creepy. It is creepy. And that goes back to the whole cat thing, because instead of using cats, now they're using phones with listening devices. <laughs> that is true. But really, I guess I don't care if they listen in to what I'm talking about, because really, what are they going to hear? They're going to hear me talking about ghosts. You, yes. But there's <laughs> other people out there that, you know, they're probably, but they do it worldwide. Mm-hmm. What if you're standing next to somebody that, you know, is having a conversation about something important, but you don't know it because you're too busy talking about ghosts? But now they can hear their conversation. Because it doesn't affect me and I don't care. <laughs> Still, they went from cats to phones. Ugh. So the cat project was officially canceled in 1967. The CIA researchers believed that they could train cats to move short distances. Unfortunately, environmental factors in the field provided to be too much stimulation for the cats. 
this would not be practical to use in the field. So the reason we know any of this about Acoustic Kitty today is because the project was declassified in 2001. So now we know. why dogs are better, because dogs can actually be trained to do things. That is true. Dogs can be trained to do things. But I think if a dog is trained to do something, he's trained, and you can tell that he's being trained to do this certain thing. Like, if you see a dog, like... Randomly, like a stray on the side of the street, just sitting there staring at yeah, you. Yeah, he's just gonna go up and, like, sit in front of this t- person, and they'll be like, okay, this is like, weird. Like, I want a cute puppy. Okay, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Go. And then it won't. No. So you can tell when a dog is trained. I, I see. I like their idea of the cat, but at the same time, it's like it's a cat. <laughs> it's a cat. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. Uh So the last one I had again is going to be super duper long. I'm not really going to get into it. So I might make it into a whole episode. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Wow. <laughs> Bat bomb. <laughs> see, you wanted me to get louder. <laughs> Oh, man. Do you have anything to say about the uh, animal projects? I got the first perfect joke. Sweet. No, I think the animal projects are fascinating. I did know about the pigeon one. Mm -hmm. I like the bat one. I think that would (laughs) have been really cool. I think it would have worked. But again, we would have killed a lot of bats. But if the population's that big, you find the species of bats. And you don't do it all the time. Right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you raise your own crop your own bats to kill just i guess like beef cows or it would pigs. be essentially the same yeah why not okay so yeah your first one sure you'd be killing off a decent amount but then you're like okay we can't do this all the time let's let's grow our own let's this let's make our own product okay yeah right mm-hmm. i guess yeah no i think it would definitely work and, and as long as you didn't make yeah. the species instinct or you know yeah endangered go for it sure okay yeah, I think it would work. I think the bat bombs were probably the best idea out of any of them. The, the <laughs> cat the one was, was probably just, the worst. That was just horrible. $20 million they spent on that. Why? Oh, that's horrible. Just for intelligence. That's crazy. Oh, man. Can I get $20 million? I'll just say I'm trying to train a cat. <laughs> I have it. I know how to I, we, I can you do can this. train a cat. I did? If you're more stubborn than a cat, you can train a cat. Really? I know people who have trained a cat to poop and pee in the toilet. Oh, see, yeah, I can't. Versus do that. a litter box. I'd rather. That's fine. My cat's just gonna poop and pee in the litter box. I train dogs to poop in a litter box. It's a little weirder, but you know, I hear for a little yippy dogs, it's fine. Well, it wasn't for a yippy dog. It was for a service dog that I was training. The guy oh. lived in a. He had bad mobility, mm-hmm. and he lived in an apartment. Okay. And, you know, if the dog had to go in the middle of the night, it would have been a pain in the butt. Yeah, it would have been. So we trained the dog to use a litter box. Oh. So right. if he needed to go in the middle of the night, he didn't have to wake up his owner. All right. Well. It worked. And it's great for puppies. <laughs> well, good. But I, I don't know. I'm good. Just send my dog outside. But I have a yard to do that with. So. Yeah, this guy didn't. He lived in an apartment. No. All right, Taryn, tell me a joke. What do you call a pony with a sore throat? What? A little horse. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in with us. If you have your own stories or any comments or, you know, if you have any 
subject matter you would like us to do. talk to us, people. We want to hear your voices. Just say hi. Well, you don't even have to hear your voice. You know, just see your typingness. Or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You can get on our Facebook, our Twitter, Instagram, at Fort Weird Pod. Uh, You can get on our website, uh, fortweirdpodcast.com. And you can email me at heather at fortweirdpodcast.com. Sorry. <laughs> I also have another email that just popped into my head that has to do with the the podcast. And I guess you can send me an email on that one as well. So I have two different emails if you don't want to send it to my fortweirdpodcast.com email address. I have fortweirdpod at gmail.com. I know. I don't. I had to do it for the the google drive so i can see my notes here and at work so i had to do it so now i'm letting you know you can email me on that you can message me on facebook you can message taryn if you want on facebook on the she's getting very very good at getting on and posting things on our our page on facebook it's great i really enjoy it all right but i hope everyone has a wonderful week and we'll catch you next week bye guys Bye! The existence of this...